I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two Average Girls. Hello. Hello. Happy Tag Tuesday. Yes, it is. It's happier tag than normal because I'm stuffed. You're stuffed? Well, we just went and had dinner at Zove's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Zove's anytime is, is a good idea. But we decided to bring dessert back with us mm. and it's sitting in front of us. So if anybody hears some chewing or me using my fork. I won't do that to you people. I don't might. Worry. I might. I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm not hungry. As a matter of fact, I am stuffed and I don't want another bite. But the chocolate deliciousness is looking at me. I feel I feel somewhat prideful when I look at my show notes. Well, we don't and- always have show notes. Well, it has chocolate on it. Oh, I've dropped some chocolate <laughs> on a- it and I'm just thinking that makes me happy. There's a schmear of chocolate on your show notes. I yeah. like it. Yeah. I think that's good. So what we're doing today is this is um, the first Tuesday in May. Mm-hmm. May is the month of Mother's Day. Yep. So all month we're celebrating women. But I have a question for you. Tell me. Do you, how do you feel about Mother's Day? Um, I, you know. You had to take a pause and you're thinking about it. It's, I, it's not something that I'm really jazzed over every year. Did you I, look forward to Mother's Day when your kid, when Cameron was young? Um, probably. I just don't, I'm slightly annoyed by the concept of having, having a national day where it's required to celebrate your mother. I never thought I'd be that person. But as I get older, I... I don't love Valentine's Day. I never did love Valentine's Day. I don't love Mother's Day. And I always try and do something great for Father's Day. But even at that, I'm like, okay. Well, I always was disappointed in Mother's Day. Because why? I think because you have this ideal, uh, this idea of what your family should do for you on Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Because you buy into the Hallmark idea, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's going to be breakfast in bed there's going to be flowers kids are going to make you this and they're going to not fight they're going to i mean it's going to be a good day right sure. it's going to be like i'm ozzy and harriet lifestyle everyone's perfect because it's mother's day it's it my day never, that never happens it's my day i had some rules on mother's day oh <laughs> how did I, it's my day how should i not have known that of exactly. course you did so tell us what were your rules on mother's day you had to clean your room these are when this is when the kids are little yeah okay until they got older your rooms needed to be cleaned on Mother's Day. Okay, what else? And you couldn't fight. No fighting. No. Did that? I'm not ha- asking for a lot. Did that happen? Not really. Okay. No. And that might be part of the disappointment. The other disappointment was we always had church on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And when you go to church on Sunday mm-hmm. and you are in charge of things, and yeah. I would be in charge of the young women, mm-hmm. or I'd be in charge of primary, or whatever you were in charge of, the men in their attempt to be nice that one day and and it was very nice they would acknowledge mother's day from the pulpit and then they would ask you they would ask the men to cover all the shifts yeah at church at church yeah i would have a hard time with that letting go because it's for me i would just rather be doing my stuff because Mm -hmm. getting it ready for them 
was extra work. Yeah. And the ramifications of what ended up happening, because mm. they would always just, it was a free for all, mm-hmm. would not be worth it for me. So I would be like, no, I don't need to go and have you do that. I will just take care of it. So the intention was correct on they the part were good. of it the men. It was me. I was a little mm-hmm. hard to deal with, I'm sure. What? I know it's hard to believe. I know. No, I don't believe it at all. But I think I, I have talked to many, many women. And a lot of my friends yeah. have a disdain or mm-hmm. dislike for Mother's Day. That's right. And most of it is because the expectation never was met. Right. Um, I have a friend who I'm thinking of specifically. You know her as well. I'm not going to name names, but um, <laughs> you tell? the disappointment came from the part of her husband not making it an important part in their kids' lives. You know, I think there's a there's this weird thing about it's it's a weird place to be in when you're a mother yourself, and then your husband has a mother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. and you want them to acknowledge their mother. But your husbands are like, you're not my mother. Some husbands say that. I dated a guy who said that. That is rude. And I was done with him. We have male listeners. Let me just tell you this. We've talked a little bit about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And this is one thing you shouldn't do. You're not my mother. She's birthed your children. Mm -mm. And if you weren't in that room to see that, to understand what that means, then you really are dense. But don't say that. I mean, again, I just think that if 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 your wife's into it, Make it special. And it doesn't have to be costing money. Just acknowledge it. I'm so... That's such a good way of saying it. If your wife's into it, and you will know if she's into it or if she's not. Right. Then if she's into it, then you got you to gotta step up your game. When you're thinking about it, you still want your children to be kind. Chance drove his... Rode his bike when he was like in middle school or like fourth or fifth grade down the street over to a flower stand and bought me flowers with his own money that is sweet that's a sweet and i think my other kids have done nice things for me too on Mm -hmm. mother's day they'd make me coupons because i didn't want them to buy me anything right i just wanted them to acknowledge that they cared and and they saw me right i think that's what mothers are looking for i think they're want acknowledgement i think they want love and and appreciation Whatever it is they want, you should find out what that is and then do it for them. I mean, if if it's Mother's Day, if they want to be left alone, then that's what they should be doing. That's I did that a couple times. My husband said, "Go, go off with your friend this Mm -hmm. weekend and do your thing." Right, and I did. Yay! And it was awesome. There you go. So I mean, but I bring this up because we're going to celebrate mothers, and one of the things that I decided early on when my when all of this was going on is that I had my mother, I had my mother-in-law, I had myself, I had my sister, all these people in my life that were mothers and even girls that were going to be mothers at some point. I just thought instead of having a day that's all about me and everyone serves me because <laughs> I am better than everybody in the room. Ugh. I mean, everybody's a mother. Right. Maybe we should just all celebrate each other. And so I would have, and I think you've been over for Mother's mm-hmm. Day at my house. Mm-hmm. We would have, it started out small and ended up getting so big we had to like stop. Yeah. Because there would be like 35 or 40 people at the well, house. and we Tell were, what, what you were serving. We were serving lobster. So the, <laughs> the tradition became that my husband would start helping. I was cooking, but then he decided to do it. And all the men decided to help. We would cook my favorite food. Mm-hmm. And it was lobster. Lobster. And chocolate dipped strawberries mm-hmm. with Susie cakes. Susie cakes, which they're is delicious. The, they're so they're great. out of Newport and yeah. they're delicious. Um, and just 
everyone got together and I would usually have a little gift for all the moms. I'd find like a dish towel or something, some cute little frame or something that was like my favorite thing that I would just hand out to all the moms. And there might be 20 moms at my house. Yeah, it got out of hand. Yeah, we got people from church and who didn't have other family around and it got to be really fun though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that about when we started doing that and it probably lasted about eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. I looked forward to it, even though it was so much work. Right. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I can, I mean, I, having participated in only one, I think I was at one of the last ones that was really big. After I came, they decided to cut back. <laughs> they stopped serving lobster and started serving Chef Boyardee. It was just, it just became, you couldn't cook for that many no, people. You, you and can't. It couldn't it didn't taste that good and Mm-mm. it also got to be a little bit like expected and it was Ooh, it, it, yeah it didn't turn out to be and it didn't continue to be the in the spirit that it was supposed mm-hmm. to be so we changed it but this okay. this mother's day i told my kids already i probably will be in the desert mm-hmm. i might or might not see you you're gonna go to burning man <laughs> I'm going to go to Coachella. Oh, yeah, that's already out. No, I'm going to just be out at the river, at the, at the, um, the desert, the house. desert house mm-hmm. and just hang out. And, um, I'm good. I don't have expectations of them giving me gifts. I don't want it. I don't care about it. You know what, though? I think that's really nice of you. And I, I don't, I mean that sincerely. You. You're welcome. I mean that sincerely because you have two sons who are both married mm-hmm. and they both have that's right. mothers-in-law as well as wives. One has children with his wife. She's a mother. One I is know. expecting. She's a mother. I mean. And you, they you, have his mother-in-law, Barbie, who's a yes. friend of ours. I don't want, I want, listen, zero expectations of what I need or want. We do want to acknowledge the fact that there's been really great women in our lives that have given us great examples, mm-hmm. who have been trendsetters, who have been, I would say, uh, people who have taught us how to love in the right way. And um, we want to talk about those people. First, though, let's talk a minute about Mother's Day. Okay. Let's just talk for a second about Mother's Day because the establishment of a of the holiday of mother's day mm-hmm. did not go without drama i mean could it no have? It, it nothing can right okay so let's just go back i got most of this just from the internet from various different sources um one of which of course is wikipedia thank you wikipedia mm-hmm. so the current mother's day holiday as we know it was first celebrated in 1907 when anna jarvis held the first mother's day service of worship So it was a worship service at Andrews Methodist Episcopal Church in Grafton, West Virginia. Also, in that little Methodist church, there is a shrine Mm -hmm. for International Mother's Day. Wow. So that's something to go see if you're ever in West Virginia. You can, you know, make a little (laughs) pilgrimage, go see that. West (laughs) Virginia. Listen, Mountain Mama. (laughs) Um, So Anna's campaign to make Mother's Day recognized as a holiday in the United States began in 1905. And that was the year that her mother, Anne died so ann jarvis had been a peace activist this is the mother had been a peace activist who cared for wounded soldiers on both sides of the american civil war she created mother's day work clubs to address public health issues she and another activist a suffragette named julia ward howe Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, had been 
urging for the creation of a Mother's Day for Peace. That, that was the whole title, where mothers would ask that their husbands and sons uh, were no longer killed in wars. Mm. So 40 years before it became an official holiday, Ward and Howe, uh, Ward Howe, that was the, the suffragette's name, uh, made her Mother's Day proclamation in 1870. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it, it kind of kicked off in the late 1800s, but... Um, you know, Anna Jarvis, the daughter then, wanted to honor this and set aside a special day to honor all mothers because she believed that a mother is, quote, the person who has done more for you than anyone else in the world, unquote. I would say that's true. She's not wrong. I mean, literally, unless you have a terrible mother. Well, but she still gave birth to you. Yeah. So there's that. So she has done, she gave you life. She gave you life. I mean, that's a pretty good gift. I mean, that's it. If that's all she did. I don't mean to brag, but I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you life. But yeah. don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Don't don't send me a card. Don't, don't worry about don't me. Don't get me anything. So this is where it starts to get a little funky. And this is where I rolled my eyes for the first of many times during this story. Okay, so... In 1908, the U.S. Congress rejected a proposal to make Mother's Day an official holiday, joking that they would then have to proclaim an official Mother-in-Law's Day. You know those funny jokes that congressmen make? Yeah, no, said no one ever. That everyone laughs about because <laughs> you're all men in 1908? You know those funny jokes? What? <laughs> I know. So that got, that got shut down. However... Owing to the efforts of Anna Jarvis, in 1911, so a few years later, all the U.S. states observed the holiday, with some recognizing Mother's Day as an official holiday. So the states just took it over themselves. In 1910, West Virginia was the first home state to recognize, uh, it was her home state, and it was the first state to recognize Mother's Day. So in 1914, Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation designating that Mother's Day be held on the second Sunday in May as a national holiday to honor mothers. So we owe it to Woodrow Wilson, who was yes. clearly a feminist. Right. <laughs> Even in 1914. Okay. So Jarvis, who actually, you know, started Mother's Day as a church service um, and was very successful in the founding of the celebration, she became resentful of the commercialization of the holiday. Mm -hmm. By the early 1920s, Hallmark and other companies had started selling Mother's Day cards. Jarvis believed that the companies had misinterpreted and exploited the idea of Mother's Day and that the emphasis on the holiday was supposed to be on sentiment, not on profit. And as a result, mm -hmm. she organized boycotts of Mother's Day and threatened to issue lawsuits against companies involved. <laughs> Anna! This is what happens. Everything, Dude. everything comes down to money. That's why I hate Valentine's Day. She was intense. Yeah. Jarvis argued that people should appreciate and honor their mothers through handwritten letter letters expressing their love and gratitude instead of buying gifts and pre-made cards, said Denise Cooper. <laughs> exactly. Jar Jarvis protested at a candy maker's convention in Philadelphia. She's now, like... That's going a little too far. 1923, she's up there marching with a sign. About cho against chocolate? Against chocolate. Now, that's the part I'm going to have to disagree with. Nice. I mean, if good. my kids bring me a box of Bordeaux for Christmas, I mean, for Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Dark chocolate Bordeaux from C's Candy? Yes. Yeah. Any milk chocolate, dark chocolate Bordeaux, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Any of it, I'll eat it all. If they bring that, I'm not going to turn it down. You're not going to protest? I'm not going to protest. You're not going to march in the streets? No. Okay. Um, now, by this time, this is in the, the 1920s, 
um, carnations had become associated with Mother's Day and the selling of carnations by the American war mothers to raise money. Okay, so they're trying to raise money, but they're also selling these carnations as here, give this to your mom, but also give us a dollar and it'll go towards the American war mothers. This angered Jarvis so much that she was arrested for disturbing the peace. Wow. I mean, she was a woman on fire. She's really gonna, she's gonna go down with the ship. I I mean, she kind of did. She's missing the point. She wasn't all about it. She wanted people to do Mother's Day the way she wanted them to do it. Yeah, that's that's where that's where I think the disappointment comes in for mothers in general on Mother's Day. Who knew that being disappointed as a mother was such a long-lasting tradition. We're going back into the night the early 1900s. I mean, let's be real. Being disappointed as a mother is an all-year-long thing. Why do we need to make it <laughs> no. on just one day of the year? Listen, my kid listens to this podcast. <laughs> so do... No, mine don't. Um, <laughs> again, disappointing. Again, again, disappointing. No, but I'm just saying, I mean, there's some, a lot of disappointment to go around for a lot of other days. We don't need to make it on Mother's Day. It doesn't need to be a national holiday. No. So that's how, that's how Mother's Day kicked off. That's how we got it started. Thanks, Woodrow Wilson, for being man enough to... Put and it on the calendar. And also for our our protesting Jarvis. Oh, and, Jar- and, and Jarvis. Jarvis the mother and Anna Jarvis the daughter. That's not confusing at all. Right. The Jarvis mother-daughter team are the ones who really put it into play. So thank you to them. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was during a time when, again, I think, and I can only speculate this because I wasn't there. No. But in those days, mm-hmm. women didn't have the roles that we have now. Oh, are you kidding? They were literally, you know, washing clothes, you know, with a little clothes, whatever that thing is, you know, the, tick, 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 the boards. She's <laughs> Denise. I wish you could see Denise right now. She's making the motion. I am really of, a washing board, yeah, like an old washing board. Like they're like they're no. like doing the the hard work. They are there's they didn't have the anesthetics that they had for childbirth. Men weren't in the room with them. The men didn't do any of that kind of stuff. There wasn't anything that really keeps you alive, and alive. <laughs> for any length I mean, of time. <laughs> I mean, you're still dying at childbirth during those yeah. times. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, women were not allowed to and could not do. No, so this was a big movement, I think, to I have think Mother's was. Day put on the calendar as an official holiday. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a big deal. What year was that officially? It was signed into it was a proclamation signed into law in 1914 by Woodrow Wilson. 1914. So just just as an FYI, because we're going to talk about this in a minute, mm. but women could not vote in 1914. No. So this is the thing that you go, okay, right. historically, it was probably a big deal. It was, it was a very dramatic and dynamic move for a woman of that time to put her foot down about anything. Oh, you know Anna Jarvis was like on a hit list of some sort. They were like, totally. get rid of this woman. Yeah. She keeps interrupting our candy <laughs> thing. She's trying not to let us make any money off these sappy cards. <laughs> we're Hallmark. It's what we do. <laughs> she hadn't even seen all the movies yet. Wait oh till she saw gosh. those. Anyway, well, that does that is a segue into... I wasn't going to start it with this, but I think it's a good segue. We're, let's go back to 1914. Let's go back oh. like 100 years even into the 1800s, mid-1800s, when the suffrage movement started. One of the most famous suffragettes, is that what I say? Yes. Yeah. Uh, was Susan B. Anthony. Yeah. And she, oh, Susan B. Anthony. You know, and she she was, she, she, she was, she was the suffragette or the suffrage women's 
national president. Oh, okay. She, she stepped was... down in nineteen uh, in nineteen hundred. She stepped down. She left the presidency to care for her dying husband and was elected president again in nineteen fifteen. After her husband passed, After, I'm assuming that yeah. she represented the more conservative, less com- confrontational wing of that group. Okay. So I think. You know, when I read enough about it in just Mm -hmm. a nutshell and just to keep it in perspective for all the people today, Mm -hmm. there was a group of women who put it out there and it, I I don't think that they realized how, or maybe they did, but I don't know if they realized how much uh, backlash they would actually get from asking to be treated equal. I mean, there are some things that have come out, you know, bless Netflix. There are some things that have come out that are sort of docudramas about the suffragette movement and the things that those ladies go went through. Some some of their husbands left. Their husbands left them. Oh, absolutely. Some of them, they were, well, a lot of them were arrested. They were beaten up. Some of them were put in insane asylums because they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Because they wanted them silenced. They didn't want them to continue to do that. And Mm -hmm. I believe probably, number one, I know women. (laughs) And you tell me not to do something and guess what I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, this is why God put me on the earth today in this country. Oh, yeah, because it would have been rough. If I was like in the Middle East, I wouldn't have any teeth. I mean, like literally, I would be like, (laughs) someone would have like punched me in the mouth. I would be dead or I would be maimed. I would be, I I would have gone down with a ship. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So those ladies that originally started with that suffrage movement really were putting it all on the line. It was really tough. And just go, go watch one of those movies. It's, even I am like, shocked but i find it funny that you're saying she was the least offensive like she could really kind of like cross the aisle so to speak without getting into like naming names because we could go on and it would take this podcast to a totally different level it's not a (laughs) history lesson but there was there was a lot of different people over the years i have a feeling that as it started out you know they were carrying signs and things Mm -hmm. and they had to be heard and they were not being heard and depending on where you lived what part of the country you lived in i would imagine you either had people that were with you or really against you i think from what i read a lot of women would not take up arms with them so Mm -hmm. to speak Mm -hmm. because they knew that their husbands and their families would be embarrassed Mm -hmm. it was it was not the cool thing to do no, men were losing their jobs if their wives were part of that yes. suffrage movement and were getting arrested, were very vocal. Yes. Some of these, these women were seen as anarchists. I don't know if I would have been able to buck the system like that. These suffragettes, I mean, they're just women. That's... They don't look like anything. I mean, they're just women who are tired of it. <laughs> You know what I mean? They are just done. That just describes me any any day of the week. Well, and just tired of I, it. I kind of put myself in their place because we even have experienced it. Like I said, with the Me Too movement, I have not had the... I think a lot of what you see people acting out with or against has a lot to do with what they have been given or not been given or yes. been kept from, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I don't... I haven't walked in those shoes. No. My... My experiences, and I work in a construction business. Right. You work with nothing but dudes. And I have had a lot of extreme experiences where I've been disrespected and talked down to. Yeah. Well, of course. And so I get some of it, but I don't know if I would have had the nerve to do what they did. Those, Those ladies... 
I want to I want to read you something that I found. It was the 12 reasons why women should vote. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why women should be able to vote. When, when was this published? Um, I mean, this is an old timey. It's from the Women's Suffrage Suffrage Party. Let me see if I can find that. Um, I don't have a date on this. This is just a document that I found in the National Archives, actually. Okay, okay so there's 12 reasons. I won't read them all. And it's called the 12 Reasons Why Women Should Be Able to Vote. Um, The number one on the list is, it is the foundation of all political liberties that those who obey the law should have a voice in choosing those who make the law. Oh, my goodness. Preach, sister. I mean, it's pretty basic, right? Right, right. Most laws affect women as much as they do men. This is number two. Some laws affect women more than they do men. I mean, even today, I mean, we're seeing on. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. Um, women have experience which should be helpfully brought to bear on legislation. You're half the population. Yes, but you weren't equal to the other half of the population. That was the problem. Do you, fe- do you feel like you're a feminist? Yes, I am a feminist. But there's degrees of being a feminist, the definition of a feminist to me is going to be something different. Yeah. It's going to be different than my friend. I think that's probably true. Because yeah. I remember when I grew up, women who were considered feminist in my home, because my dad was very traditional, mm-hmm. were not talked great about. No, absolutely not. I mean, there was no like love lost for you know Jane Fonda or well, Gloria Steinem yeah. or, you know, right. I mean, they were literally like, Oh, they were radicals. They were radicals to mm-hmm. my my family. Mm-hmm. And, and so a threat to society. It really was somewhat of a threat. There's a lot of people we could we could cite for being um, a law changer, maker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a radical, you know. someone who rose up yeah. against the system. Yeah. There's a lot of people, um, but we're not going to go into that, of course. But as long as we're here in the past... Mm-hmm. I want to talk about my favorite lady from history, one I did a report on when I was in the fifth grade, Mm -hmm. and that is Abigail Adams. Oh. She's one of my favorites. Nice. She's cool. Um, She was a wife of John Adams, a mother of John Quincy Adams. I remember doing the report on her and remember thinking that she was super cool, uh, just partially because her husband... John Adams used her as an advisor like he she was super bright and he listened to her advice he took her advice she wasn't a person who was in the background she really fulfilled her role as first lady being a prominent first lady she was kind of out there she was out there with him doing the thing she is hailed for her now famous admonition that the founding fathers remember the ladies in their new <laughs> laws so even even in 1776 when the you know country was getting started laws were being made abigail adams is over there going hey guys let's not forget you know so it, it this the suffrage movement started way before you know we actually have given it attention um, she was not only an early advocate for women's rights, she was a vital, confident, and advisor to her husband, as I said. Um, she also, interestingly enough, she opposed slavery and was a big supporter and proponent for women's education. Go to school. Right. Yeah. Again, we take that for granted, but women... Those ladies had to fight for that. Even right now in other countries, women cannot be educated. Even my grandmother, which is not that, are you kidding? That's not that far back. You, she went to eighth grade mm-hmm. and that was the end of it. Part of it was because the public school system isn't, wasn't what it is now. You had to pay 
to then continue on with your high schooling. But there was not even a there was not even a thought that she would continue on with schooling. I think she was lucky that she got as far as she did. Right. I mean, that's because she needed to take care of the family. That's right. All she, the younger siblings helping mom with right. everything. That's what we talked to uh, Ann Cooper about on the on the podcast oh, about right. the, you the know, Fiji Kindy Project. Mm-hmm. That's right. Which was her whole thing was empowering women in this in Fiji, where it's a third world country, mm-hmm. and women are second class citizens. You don't want to be a woman in Fiji. Um, I would like to talk about somebody. She's more modern day. Okay. And I love her. I have a couple of her books because I love her poetry. Oh. Uh, Maya Angelou. Oh, yes. Yes. Maya Angelou is, she's one of the most influential women in American history. She was a poet, singer, mm-hmm. memoirist, and a... Is that how I say it? Memoirist? Like she wrote a memoir? Yes, it is. Memoirs. And a civil rights activist whose award-winning memoir, I Know um, Why the Caged Bird Sings, Mm -hmm. made literary history as the first nonfiction bestseller by an African-American woman. That's something. Um, Angelo, Angelou, Angelou, Mm -hmm. Angelou had a difficult childhood. She was as a black woman growing up in Stamps, Arkansas. Oof. Yes. I mean, I just know. the name alone. Oof. You know, you already know in the South what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. My experience, racial prejudice and discrimination all throughout her life. But at age seven, she was assaulted by her mother's boyfriend. Of course. Yeah. And then was killed and then who was killed eventually by her uncle as revenge. That caused her to become a for many years, become a virtual mute for many years. Oh, so she I didn't see. speak. She was so traumatized. Oof. I have heard her interviewed by Oprah and other people over the years and when I thought about influential women she was one of the first people that I thought of because when you heard her speak and I'm sure it took a lot of therapy yeah (laughs) a lot of growth you know she was an older woman by the time she I think she won I think she won all kinds of literary you know awards for Mm -hmm. everything she did because she would put her name on it and then it would just be something magical right but when she spoke you wanted to hear her because she had this way of speaking that just seemed calm Mm -hmm. and it almost was like she was singing without singing I don't know how to Mm -hmm. describe it but that's how I felt when I listened to her and I just thought when I heard her story when I heard her talk about the pain that she felt in those times I just felt like what a what a amazing woman to come through all of that and still have the kind of dignity and poise about you to not be hateful and angry and not, I mean, she really rose to the occasion and she was a good example to so many women. So one of the things that I wanted to um, give you was a quote from Maya Maya Angelou. And it was this, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That's a famous quote. I didn't realize she said that. I know. Hmm. And that kind of brings me to another person in my life that that was the I had already thought of this person to talk about today but when I read that quote from Maya I was like oh that's Avalon Avalon was a friend of our families um she was a woman who was um like I said a friend of the families and when I was younger and while I was growing up I knew I've known her since I was about seven or eight years old and I knew her until she passed away when I was already a mother um, she only passed away maybe eight or nine years ago, not very long ago. Oh. And she was the person that whenever you walked in the room, 
she made you feel like you were the only one there. I love that. And when I thought about what this quote was, people will never forget how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about all the women in my life that have influenced me or that I wanted to talk about today. That was the key to all of them. How they made you feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's a really good point because that's a that's a talent. That, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah, that's you it. have to be and. I have said it before, but I have to make myself really focus on people Mm -hmm. because I'm like everybody else in this society today. We're on to the next thing. Right. We're a squirrel. Like what's going (laughs) on, right? Like I got my phone. I've got this. I've got a phone call coming in. You've got so many things going on. Mm -hmm. You forget to listen. Right. You forget to look people in the eye. You forget to communicate in a way that is meaningful Mm -hmm. and that they know you care. Right. Not Avalon. She would sit down with you. She would hold your hand. She would look you in the eye and she would say, how are you? And she really wanted to know. She wasn't just, that wasn't a rhetorical question for her. Right. So that's Mm. somebody that's just, so Avalon, I pay tribute to you today (laughs) because you were a sweet, kind, and loving woman who always made me feel like the most important person in the room. I love it. And And she did that for everybody. I love the name Avalon. I know. That's beautiful. Isn't that so sweet? Yeah. Um, in thinking about the women that I was putting down on my list, um, I realized something about myself that I don't think I've ever actually put down on paper into words. <laughs> if nothing else, this podcast is a journey of self-discovery. <laughs> it really is. If for nobody else but you and I. But for just the two of us. Thank you. Um, I don't have frivolous relationships with women. I don't have women in my life that I consider friends who are who I just acquaintances put up with Mm -hmm. if I'm gonna if you're my friend it's because I dig you and I want to hang out with you and Mm -hmm. that's it so I I realized that in Mm -hmm. making my I'm like wow I don't have a long list of women that I admire because I don't have a long list of women who are my friends Mm -hmm. which I think is is healthy I don't think you know these people who are like I have 10 best friends you're like no you don't you have one best friend and then you have a couple other people. But you Or, or in, in these kids today, and I sound like some old lady, but they've got their friends are on Instagram and they've got 600 of them who follow them and they don't know any of them. Preach, grandma. I understand that. <laughs> the kids today. No, it's true though. Those right. aren't, that's not real. Those aren't friends. That's not real people friendship. That's not relationships. Mm-mm. So in no particular order. Um, some of the women I admire, um, I'll start with a woman that's been mentioned several times on this podcast, Rhonda Riley. Oh, yes. And you know Rhonda. Yes. I, I, I was thinking of Rhonda when I made my list, Mm -hmm. but I knew you were going to pick her. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Because she's kind of the greatest. Any of you who know her know that she's an amazing mother. She's a talented artist. She is a terrific grandmother. She's helping to raise her granddaughter. Yeah, she's awesome. And there's just, there's so many qualities about Rhonda that I could go on and on about. But the one thing that I, (laughs) she, this isn't something that's like, this is why she's such a great mom. This is just one of those things that blew me away about, Mm -hmm. about Rhonda. We took a pottery class together Ooh. years ago, 20, uh, 2018, okay? I decided I want to do pottery. And, and you're good at it. <laughs> no, I'm not. She is she is a terrific artist in most any medium. Right. She can paint. She can do whatever you need her to it's do. It's amazing. It's amazing. So she is a left-handed artist, which is also like a thing. Yeah. It's like there's all kinds of like studies about being left-handed and being creative and all this stuff. That's chance. Yeah, see? Um, so I told her that I was going to take this pottery class. She's going, oh, 
I'll go with you. I want to take a pottery class too. So we go to, we sign up for this pottery <laughs> class and we go in there and they're te- teaching us the basics of sitting at the wheel doing the pottery. And there's a whole science to it. Like if you're right-handed, the wheel has to spin this way. And if you're left-handed, the wheel has to spin this way and blah, blah, blah. And here's how you do this, that, and the other. So I think we were at our second lesson and it was a group lesson. So they're coming around, looking over your shoulder, going, okay, this is, yeah, you're doing fine, Anne. Good, good job. You know, moving on. Um, and Rhonda says to the, the teacher owner of the studio, ah, this is just not right about this. And he, she's <laughs> like, you're right. What's, what's happening? And she goes, you know what? I think I need to flip it around. So she turned that, um, the thing that the bowl was sitting on, uh-huh. instead of it going clockwise, now it's going counterclockwise or whichever direction. Right. Was the opposite of what a left-handed person should be doing because she's left-hand don- dominant. She flipped that thing going the other way. So it was really geared for a right-handed person and she's still using her dominant left hand she's ambidextrous oh i mean can she not she does everything and that what she was working on is perfection i was like what Rhonda. anyway that's just one of the many many stories we have about Rhonda, who's one of the most delightful people you'll ever meet but infinitely more talented than all 25 artists I've ever met. She's so amazing and so humble and gracious about it and wants to teach you. And hey, you want to come over and learn how to do whatever. So anyway, she is one of my most admired women on my most admired women list. I think she's she's amazing so good good on you that was a good one um the other another person that i wanted to bring to your attention and i don't think you know her her name is grandma joe grandma joe you know grandma joe from church oh wait she's the Uh mother-in-law of our photographer yes of colleen bell uh, colleen yeah she's the grandmother in she's the grandmother in-law uh, in-law okay. her husband's grandmother right. is Got it. joe okay and it's spelled j-o oh. it's not you know it's not short for joanne it's just joe that's Was, really her name is joe grandma joe i love it and i think it is joanne but i'm not sure i wanted to bring her up because when we moved here and we started going to church and we met her I instantly felt like she was a kindred spirit. Really? She's spicy. Ooh. She is a little bit sassy. She's a little bit rebellious. Ooh. And she's super loving. Her oh. family means everything to her. Mm-hmm. And she's she's extremely generous. She had some health issues probably about seven or eight years ago. Um, nobody really knows how old she is. Oh. And it doesn't matter. Mm-mm. But she's not young. She's still struggling with her health a little bit because and COVID didn't help no. when you're secluded and by yourself and Mm-mm. all of those things. And just getting old isn't pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's somebody I love. And she's one of my favorite people. And when I look at the quality of her that I see and admire, it's that she puts her family first. Yeah. Like everything she did and does is for her family. And she considered us family. Aww. And she's the sweetest. We spent, until COVID, we spent about 10 years straight going to their house for Christmas Day dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was a full prime rib, two or three prime ribs, because she invited not only her family, and I think her family was a little bit, I think they got sick of sharing yeah. their entire family traditions with so many 
strangers. I get that. They weren't strangers, but we all saw the same people every year, but Grandma Joe wouldn't have it any other way. They were non-family members. They were non-family, mm-hmm. but family to her, right. and she wanted as many people around her as possible. And it's been a long time since I've even been able to see her or talk to her. I saw her at church a couple weeks ago, and she's kind of gotten frail. Yeah. And she's, you know, struggles a little bit, but I, if, if I could be half the person she is and she's this tiny little thing. And we used to joke that, you know, I could just see her in kitten heels holding a martini (laughs) and she doesn't drink or anything, but she's that, she's that classic woman Mm. who of the 1950s and sixties, who really just made her way. Mm -hmm. And she just is a beautiful soul in general. So I I just thought she's somebody I wanted to pay tribute to today. Grandma Janet. Grandma Joe. Grandma Grandma Joe. Grandma Joe. All right. My next person on my list Mm -hmm. is my mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. You have a good mother-in-law. I won the mother-in-law lottery. I had won the mother-in-law lottery too. My mother-in-law is no longer with us, but yes. She was a good one. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law, her name is Janice. What's up? She's a a listener of the pod. Mm -hmm. She loves the pod. Um, Or at least she listens to it regularly in comments, which I appreciate. Maybe she could talk to my family. (laughs) We'll set that up. Um, When I first met her, the very first time I met her, she... Warren had taken me over there. We were just dating. And How long before you met her were you dating Warren? Um, Probably a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was an appropriate yeah. amount of time. It wasn't like, come meet my mom. It Second date. Yeah. It's my mom's <laughs> coming with us. No. It was nothing like that. We went over to her place. She had a couple people over. I don't remember who they were, but she was sitting on the floor of her apartment, which is always fun to see adults just kind of sitting on the floor crisscross applesauce mm-hmm. she was sitting on the floor doing something and we walked in introduced our like you know Warren introduced me to her she was very sweet she had on a toe ring oh she was ahead of her time pedicured pedicure got up and said I'd love to stay and talk but I'm on my way to a self-defense class gotta go Oh yeah, and that's I was like, "Kind of lady, this is my person right here," and that's just that perfectly kind of describes who she is. She's mm-hmm. very cool and up, kind of up to the moment without being. You know, you see some older ladies, you're like, "You shouldn't be wearing your hair like that." Yeah, she's not like that at all. But she's, she's appropriate. She's appropriate trend wise for mm-hmm. her age. She's also a master of giving advice. Mm, when I, I had Cameron, I asked her something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was even pregnant with Cameron, and I asked her something about childbirth and and an infant. For any of you who've either been pregnant or have had children, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, you know that there is no end to the stream of people who want to give you advice about what you should or shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. So I asked her something, and I don't even remember what it was, and she said, you know, I think you should ask someone who's had a child in the past 40 years that's not me (laughs) I haven't had a child in a long time and you know what when I had kids it was uh lay them on their stomach and do this and then she said then for my next kid it was lay them on their back and then it was oh don't lay them on either make sure they're on their side (laughs) so she's like you know trends change science changes you should really talk to someone who you know maybe had a kid more recently than me however she didn't need to listen to herself talk no, and she didn't need to feel important giving me advice when she knew it was like what, wasn't it? Ap- it wasn't going to be great advice. Right. But she did say, "I would try this X Y Z 
that might work, but really you need, you know, maybe you should talk to someone, you know, whatever. So that she is a great mother to adult children and in-laws. She's just an amazing example to me of as you get older, just continuing to be independent, um, not be a trial to the people who are around you. That's hard for a lot of people. It's very hard. And just, you know, she's just easygoing. She knows who she is and she's happy with that. That's awesome. Yeah. My mother-in-law also, Marjorie, she passed away from um, cancer, brain cancer, about four years ago, three or four years ago. And the one thing I can say about Marjorie was that she was extremely loyal. Mm. And I know that sounds kind of like a strange quality that I, but I always admired that in her because she was loyal to, like she took it to the next level. Like if Mm -hmm. you did something wrong to her family or you disrespected her in any way, she held a grudge. And sometimes that wasn't great, but in a lot of times it was exactly what was needed for the the experience for you as a person because then you felt like you mattered. Yes. And yeah. some of the things that I also admired about her was that she always, she came from the old school. She served her family mm-hmm. to a fault yeah. in sometimes, right? Like she right. didn't do the things that she wanted to do because she put her family so much first. My husband would walk in the door and she'd be like, Hod, would you like a sandwich? Do you want me to make you something to eat? And I'd be like, he's a grown man. He can go make his own sandwich. Like, See, what? ladies in our, of our yeah. age are just like, he can handle the sandwich making. But the mothers and are Hod like... And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd love a sandwich, you know? Of like, course. Because he's like, wow, my wife doesn't do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I loved who she was as a person. Mm-hmm. She was a car- kind-hearted woman. She, the one thing I can say about her is I wish she had the opportunity to travel more. Mm. And she was an adventurous spirit. She loved the beach. She loved gardening. And when she loved something, she wanted to do it. We took her to Europe with us when we went to France. And I was so grateful that we got to do that because she was just such a, she was grateful and she had so much fun and and she never complained. That was the other thing. She never would complain to a fault. And that was one of the reasons that she got sick is because she just didn't take care of herself and she should have listened to her body and, and done more so that she could still be here possibly. But she's just a kind-hearted woman and we miss her. And yeah. she's she was awesome. So. She was a great lady. Uh, okay, next on my list, uh, we're, I'm staying with the family vibe. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about my sister-in-law, Jennifer. Oh, I like Jennifer. <laughs> we love Jennifer. She's married to my brother, Dave. What's up? And um, she's got long red hair. Mm-hmm. She lived in Italy for a couple of years, and they called her Ferrari because oh. of the red hair. Mm-hmm. She's really something. She's also left-handed. Maybe that's my theme for today. Everybody's <laughs> left-handed. Um, but Jennifer is one of the smartest people I've ever met. She is. Uh, she went back to college just uh i don't know maybe two three years ago it was probably mid quarantine i don't know to get her master's degree wow yeah and she just finished and it has i didn't know that yeah she officially got her master's degree and she will have a graduation ceremony in october in washington dc we're all gonna go to it um that's amazing yeah she 
we often tease her that she sees life through Jennifer glasses, you know, <laughs> rose-colored glasses, because she truly does. She sees That's the a good quality. I'm not that person. I, I mean, I'm the opposite. Seriously, this is why I love her because I kind of wait to see what her reaction is going to be to some mm-hmm. stuff because she has a way of seeing only the best. That's awesome. She does. She sees really good qualities in everybody. She can go to a, be in a situation and just go, well, at least I got that. You know, like she, she'll make the most out of, out of any situation, right. which is such a refreshing quality. I mean, talk about not complaining. It's like, let me just see the world for right. all of the good. Right. And she definitely does that. And it's, it's such a great quality. We have so much fun together. My brother won the lottery when he married her. <laughs> I mean, he really did. She is such an addition to our family that is, I'm just so happy. If I, if she wasn't part of our family, I would want to be friends with her. That's how, that's, yeah. she's one of those like people. Like you would seek her out anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd, we'd just hang out. That's awesome. She's, and, but she's also, you know, my, <laughs> my husband is um a little rough around the edges sometimes with the teasing <laughs> and he teases her mercilessly and, and she's okay with it she has the best sense of humor oh, that's even better and t- tries to tease him back and you know they uh, they exchange inappropriate christmas gifts you know <laughs> it's just very it's just delightful and she's been such a great addition to our family and i just love her so much she's also the mother to four of my favorite people mm-hmm whom I just love to and death. And she's a grandmother to and another favorite of grandma yours. grandma to Eleanor Ann, who's my favorite person. I know. So anyway, that's, she, I, I couldn't make my list of women I admire without including Jennifer. Well, we'll stick with the family. Oh. Yes, I'm going to stick with the family. Um, Probably my, the most famous, probably one of the most favorite humans I've ever had in my life was my grandma Esther. Esther. And we talked about her a little bit on family food traditions and mm-hmm. her red stool mm-hmm. and how I had such fond memories. My grandparents lived very close to me when I was growing up until I was about 12 years old when they moved out of state um, after they my grandfather retired. But my grandma was old school. My grandmother was about five foot two five foot one. <laughs> um, she had osteoporosis, so she kind of had a little bit of a hunchback. Sure. In in terms of being beautiful, beautiful to society, she always was an older woman. Oh. Back in the day, it just yeah. seemed like they wore their hair a certain way. Mm-hmm. They had it set, right? right. Um, she went, um, she was also, she had lots of wrinkles, she always had wrinkles. I don't, it wasn't, she was out in the sun. She had very distinct features but I remember thinking to myself, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. <laughs> I would go to her house. I felt comfortable at her house with my grandfather there as well. And if anything ever happened that made me sad, and my parents had a very, um, I had a difficult childhood growing up because my parents did not have a good marriage mm-hmm. and they fought a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would want to find solace at my grandparents' house. And I would pray that I was at my grandparents' house a lot so that I wouldn't have to hear the fighting in my house. Mm. And I just remember that if I ever felt like I needed something, I wanted my Esther. Mm-hmm. And even, like I've said before, even to this day, when I've had some really heart-wrenching or hard times, I think about her. Yeah. And I'm praying and I and I believe that she's probably watching over me. At least I'm, I'm thinking that so that I can just 
you know, make it through. But if I had the choice of one person I could have lunch with or do something <laughs> with, it would be my grandma Esther. Sure. And the thing that I loved about her was she was a hard worker. I mean, she worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. The other thing that I loved about her was that she loved me. Like mm-hmm. I could tell that I was important to her. Right. And again, we're back to it's the way people make you feel. Right. And every single one of these women that I've talked about that I have personal connection with mm-hmm. have made me feel a certain way. Yeah. And to me, that is that is what is all about. Right. 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 Yeah. And so I've got two more I'm going to do. I'm going to lump them into one. Sorry. I'm just like really going for it. No Mother's Day podcast would be complete without honoring my own mother. We jokingly call her Liz, but her real name is Elizabeth. (laughs) Um, She has always been the mom that my friends think is the coolest. I have friends to this day who I'll run into or I'll talk to or if I get together with, they're like, how's your mom? And it's, which is good. That's a, that's a really, really good thing. She could relate to them on their level. She always was interested in whatever they were doing. Um, always made herself available to them. And I appreciated that, especially like in high school where things are like, ugh, you know, you just like, ugh, you don't know what you're doing. Um, but she, she was always really good at that. She, she would make extra sandwiches for me and put them in my sandwich bag and um so that way if my friend that I shared a locker with or you know anybody else needed a sandwich or needed a snack or whatever I always had extra food which was nice she was an expert sandwich maker which is to say that she would take whatever the leftovers were from the night before and make a delicious sandwich. It wasn't always leftovers because sometimes that just isn't like appropriate. There's nothing that you want to put on a sandwich from the night before. But um, it, it was always just like this interesting uh, layering of delicious meats and, you know, whatever. And it was always toasted. So uh, my friends all loved her sandwiches. And she, you know, she fed them all at one time or another through my lunch in my locker. Another thing she did that I always remember that was so great that probably she wouldn't even think of at this point, at any point. Um, My older brother was really involved in sports. Uh, He was a great baseball player. He ran track. He was really athletic when he was in junior high, high school age. And she went to every one of his meets, his games. We drove down to Los Angeles from Northern California when he made um, the CIF. He was running in the CIF tournament. And I remember driving like all night after my dad got off work so that we could be there Saturday morning and watch my brother run. She was just always really supportive. And I was always at his games with like my Nancy Drew book that I was reading or whatever it was I had to bring my homework or something like that but I was always at those games with her and it was never like a you have to go see your brother it was just like that was just what we did and I it was such a great example now that I think back out at it that you know there was this was in the 70s and you didn't have to 
parents weren't really required to do that. Now it's like, oh, you'll get off work to go to your kid's water polo match, that kind of thing. But it it wasn't kind of the same rules back in, back in the day. And but she was she was always there and drug me along with her. I didn't know any better, like I said, and and it just was a really good example of this this is just how you support your kids and this is how you show them love. And I've carried that on. I think it's great and I I never missed any of Cameron's stuff, but you know, that's because I wanted to be there. And I think her example of always being there for the sports, etc., um is why. So that's I've been going on for like 5 minutes now and haven't really even scratched the surface. I'm not sure how you like encapsulate your mother in a Mother's Day podcast, but I tried my best and um so a happy Mother's Day, mom. Sorry, I'm not going to be there, but um, I hope it's a good one. And, um, you know, you'll have a better dinner without me because my brother's actually <laughs> going to be over at her house making dinner. And everyone knows that he's the best cook in the family. So happy Mother's Day, mom. Okay, this will be my last one. And of course, I, I can't can't leave the the podcast of inspirational women without talking about grandma ruth you talked about grandma esther yep i'm sure grandma esther and grandma ruth probably would get along grandma ruth was italian grandma ruth was full-blooded italian Mm -hmm. uh parents were immigrants she did not know her real father uh her father died before she was born possibly uh history and that time and the truthfulness of the stories of the family are a little questionable right truth is she didn't know her biological father her mother was 15 when she had her Mm. and so she was raised by the man that her mother was married off to bruno who didn't uh like her at all because she wasn't his right so um consequently her life was a little difficult uh, growing up she had a very young mother obviously they were more like sisters and then a, a tyrant of a dad who you know was, made her life miserable was very unkind but then she had um younger siblings that she helped raise and take care of and was up very close to all of them but um grandma ruth was one of those people like grandma esther that if you needed someone or a shoulder to cry on she was the person to go to and no matter what when you went over to her house you were you were greeted with just the most delicious food and the biggest hug Mm -hmm. and how you doing what's going on wanted to know everything and just I remember my friend Kim got married uh, I came home from school to go to the the wedding reception there in Reading, and I hadn't seen my grandma since like September. And my friend Kim got married in December, and so I was at the reception. I was in charge of the cake station, so I was cutting the cake and I was serving the cake, and I was the only one there. And several people said to me, even years later, I remember at Kim's wedding reception, you were at the cake station, and Grandma Ruth was standing right there next to you and for two and a half hours she just wanted to be with you she just stood there while I cut cake and she we just talked and she you know she was the greatest she taught me when I was younger she tried to teach me bless her soul how to knit and how to Mm -hmm. crochet it Mm -hmm. didn't stick but she she tried she was giving it her all she was giving she just didn't know who she was dealing with (laughs) (laughs) sorry grandma but 
you know how grandmas have charm bracelets? Yes. Oh, oh. I need one. You do. I want one. I, I, ha- I had had started one, but I I don't have it anymore. I don't. Well, back in the day, both they were my, big. They were big, and both my grandmas had the same oh. kind of charm bracelet where every um charm, every grandchild was a profile of their mm-hmm, head. You know, mm-hmm. so there was a boy, yes. and then there was a girl. She had step grandchildren who she treated like her sure. own grandchildren because she wasn't a monster. She was. <laughs> she learned from her dad that you just treat everybody equally so she had this charm bracelet with all these charms on it and they were all the same with the names engraved my brother ken and his date of birth and Mm. you know my brother dave and all of the steps and then mine was different mine was heart-shaped and it had sort of a filigree heart shape around the outside so it was kind of three-dimensional and i think it was because she couldn't find a (laughs) charm that matched the others right but in my mind, it's because I was the favorite. <laughs> but you probably were. Which I, Let's be real. Let's be, I don't know. But um, anyway, Grandma Ruth, best cook. Also, we have a lot more in common than I maybe ever realized. It wasn't until Cameron got to be old enough that he was like off on his own that I realized that my grandmother raised an only child. My dad was an only child. Oh. And I have raised an only child. That's interesting. And I, it really didn't hit me as to the commonality of mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and the common experience that we've probably had. Now, granted, back in the day, my dad was raised truly like an only child. He right. never suffered. He yeah. never had to do anything for himself. His mother did it all. Right. I was not that mother. <laughs> but there's still that... Because that... you're not a monster. <laughs> you, you taught your son the way he needed to be. Yes. He needed to learn because women are different now. They didn't know that back in the day <laughs> yeah. when my grandmother was raising my uh, right. my dad. But yeah, so I... I've thought about that often. I'm like, this is going to be interesting to see how this, how this pans out as an adult. Because I watched how my dad treated uh, my grandmother as she got older, and it it, it was lovely. He yeah. did he did he did right by her to the extent that he uh, could. Right. And so I, she sounds like an amazing woman. She was lovely. Mm-hmm. The last person I'm going to talk about is my own mother. Her name's Gloria, but we call her Gogo. Gogo. And, you know, Gogo, women who have girls in their lives, daughters, have different relationships with their daughters, mm-hmm. right? It is a little bit, it's not tumultuous. Is that how you say that word? Tumultuous. But tumultuous. It, it's, it can it's, be. It can be. <laughs> and it has been. And it, there's been moments that my mother and I didn't see eye to eye. Um, There's been moments when I have been frustrated with her and she's been very frustrated with me. Um, But the one thing I can say about my mom is that she has loved me unconditionally. Mm. And my mother is one of those people that if you are her friend, she will also love you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. She's a loyal, loyal person when it comes to friends. She's had a couple very good friends in her life and she doesn't have a lot of friends, but the ones that she's had, she's kept for a really long time. Mm-hmm. My mom is probably the best listener. If you need somebody to talk to for an hour and a half and just ramble on, mm-hmm. she'll be on the phone with you the whole time. <laughs> I love it. She doesn't get tired of listening. She doesn't always give you advice, which I appreciate. Right. I don't need advice. No, sometimes you need to vent. I mean, most of the time I just need to like have a sounding board of right. some kind. Yeah. And she's that person. Mm. She has been somebody to me that her parents, her mother was my Esther. Oh. And so I 
I saw that she did that. And when my grandparents got sick and older, she took really great care of them. Yeah, She was a caretaker and a loving person to them. And that's a quality that sounds like it would be like everybody would do that, right? Uh, no. We already know that's not the case. That's not. We know people who want nothing to do with that. And mm-hmm. my mom was never that person. What a she great example. Had, she has been a great example to that. She's also been a great example of really loving. She loves my kids and she loves my grandkids, her great grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And as she's gotten older, I feel like she's gotten better at it. Yeah. You know, as she's, um, she doesn't have to take care of her parents anymore. And once that happened, she kind of dedicated all of the time that she had of giving herself to them to now she gives herself to her grandkids, mm-hmm. um, my sister's daughter specifically, because she's younger, she's seven. Yeah. Um, but she's just she's part of it and i appreciate that so much and she's been such a great example to that so i want to do a shout out to gogo gogo go and let her know how much i love her and appreciate her for all that she's done and all that she sacrificed and you know she gave birth to me she that's true she did I, she's kind of a big deal i wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for her that's right she matters the most she matters she the most did so. the most she, i have i have several times uh witnessed mm-hmm. her relationship with Jack, especially Jacqueline, your daughter. And it's very, um, it harkens back to me and and Grandma Ruth. Right. Where she's just all about, Gogo's all about it. No, she is, again, my mom is a, she's somewhat of a sedentary person. She's going to be listening to this, but she knows I'm, she's got some knee problems. She doesn't go out a lot and do stuff. Yeah. But her family is her focus. Mm -hmm. And Jacqueline, when she was living in Colorado, going through a lot of her stuff, she became she got to be really close to my mother over the phone and through you know facetiming and things like that they'll talk for two or three hours i love it both of them are night owls they don't sleep (laughs) and so they'll be up at like 12 to 3 in the morning just talking away i love it and i appreciate that yeah and i am grateful that jacqueline has that relationship with somebody because it's priceless yeah it is so to end this this Let's episode, wrap it up. we're going to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm going to say to everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Happy, Happy Mother's Day. Women's Day everywhere. Mm-hmm. Thank you to so many. We didn't even get through half of my list mm-hmm. because we were rambling on. <laughs> but there's been so many influential women throughout history, throughout our lives personally. And I am grateful for to each one of you. Um, a lot of you probably don't need me to say it, but that's who it is. You mm-hmm. know who you are. Everyone remember the quote that we talked about from Maya Angelou, which is, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you make them feel. And that's our takeaway gift for the day. Absolutely. Thank you, Denise. Thank you, Anne. I could have had you on the list. I I could have had you. I should have. That's a podcast for another day. Next year. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, we are Two Average Girls. I'm Anne Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 